Welcome to the Money Marketing Podcast. Today's episode is part of a special series with our sister publication, Mortgage Strategy, and is in association with Royal London. Royal London would like to get advisors and their clients thinking about the benefits of having wellbeing support services as part of a protection plan. Do listen out for all episodes in the series. Hello, I'm Katie Pigden, editor of Money Marketing. Thank you for joining us for episode four in our protection and wellbeing series in association with Royal London. If you haven't heard the previous episodes, you can catch up on them wherever you access your podcasts from. But in the meantime, today I'm joined by a guest from Royal London and a representative from partner firm Thrive, which is supporting the company with its helping hand service to discuss the all important topic of mental health. Christina, can we start with you as a brief introduction, please? Yes. Hello. So I'm Christina Rigby. I'm a product owner in Royal London and it's uh, my remit is to deliver products and services that help develop deeper relationships with our customers. And as part of that, I have led the development of our new help in hand proposition from ideation right through to delivery. Excellent. Thank you. And Simon. Of course, yeah. Thank you for having me on. Uh, my name is Simon Jay. I'm the Chief Commercial Officer at Thrive Therapeutic Software. Um, I was the first employee around six years ago now, but we're a social impact company whose mission is to uh, improve the lives of millions of people around the world with their mental health. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Christine, as I mentioned before, people can catch up on previous episodes if they haven't heard them already. But for anyone just joining today, could you give us a little brief synopsis of what Helping Hand is and why Royal London is, is working on that at the moment? Sure. So um, we've had Helping Hand um, as part of our protection for quite a while, but it was a helping hand to recover, helping hand to recover from some sort of life shock, like a bereavement or a cancer diagnosis. And um, in light of the pandemic and in light of the fact that everyone is now more conscious of the need to try and keep healthy and nip things in the bud, what we've developed is a well-being ecosystem that we can offer our protection customers that, that buy products through an advisor um, access to this, this well-being ecosystem, which is now really a helping hand to stay healthy. Um, and in, in there, there is an assessment that kind of gives you an understanding of where your health's at. And that leads on to a really quite personalized, detailed report and signposting onto our other partners like Thrive. Um, if mental health is one of the things that come out through your assessment as an area that you need to focus on, it's all very simple and easy to access. And the signposting is one of the top things that we've paid a lot of attention to, to help people navigate through that sort of healthcare space. Thank you. And um, Simon, could you tell us a little bit more about Thrive? Of course, yeah. Um, as I mentioned, we're a social impact company. Um, so founded in 2012 by a consultant psychiatrist and a consultant clinical psychologist, both of whom UK trained 20, 25 years in, in practice themselves. But the idea was born around how we can prevent conditions from appearing in the first place. How can we stop people from, from experiencing poor mental health? And if they are, how can we detect it very early? How can we stop people from becoming too severe? Um, so having founded hospitals and, and been managing hospitals for many years, the, the two clinicians that we had started the company to build an application because it's scalable, technology is scalable. Um, and in 2016, we released the app as the first app in this space. Um, Thrive is now the only uh, NHS approved app that, that is dealing with the prevention and the early detection of common mental health conditions. I think that's a big thing for us is around regulation um, 
clinical safety, security, research, those sorts of things, um, which we're very proud of. So Thrive Now supports uh, was available to 3.9 million people around the world. Um, we have some partnerships we're very proud of, like the one with Royal London, um, and we're hoping to support many people through this partnership and, and others. Excellent, thank you. Uh, Christina, obviously the pandemic that we've all been through, that's made mental health more of a talking point probably than than ever before, hasn't it? We've all sort of, you know, encountered these lockdowns, people have lost loved ones. It, there's more sort of reason that we're, we're thinking and these conversations need to be had really. Sometimes it's been quite a difficult one for, for people to talk about if they are suffering with, with poor mental health. Why is this so important uh, to Royal London, this particular aspect of it? Absolutely, Katie. I think all the things that you've just said there, um, mental health has become a bigger issue as a result of the pandemic. Um, and there was a need, you know, there was a need to do something about that. I think it is still one of these areas which people still do find very difficult to talk about and to sort of like admit that, that you know, there might be something that they need some help with and, and they might not want to actually go to a GP um, to talk about it or, or might not feel comfortable about sort of saying it to other members of their family. So it was really important that we could give them some kind of support through technology and that they were confident that the support that they were given was really credible. So um, Royal London, obviously, we're a financial services company. We don't, um, we, we, we're not experts in mental health, but what we can do is a lot of really good, strong due diligence to find a partner with the right kind of medical credentials, with the right sort of validation, who were also strong on the technical perspective um, and who we could check out that would look after our customers' data in a really good way. So that's what we can bring to the party here. And when we were creating this ecosystem, we went looking for partners who were really strong in these areas that we could recommend onto our customers that we knew they had the medical um, trials and evidence to back up that they did what they said they could do. Um, so so that, that that was why it was, um, that, that's what we bring to the party. But you're right, Katie, in terms of the pandemic, um, making people more aware of their mental health than ever before. But the statistics that are out there as well, I mean, you've got the Office of National Statistics, which show that mental health is the fourth top reason people take sickness absence. Um, our own claims statistics ourselves, mental health is one of the top three reasons for claims on income protection plans. Um, so, so the evidence of the fact that people need some sort of support around their, their mental health is overwhelming. And as I say, when we were building our partnerships and seeking out our partners, what we bring to that is the ability to check out whether their credentials come up to the standard that we, we were looking for and thrive as for all the reasons Simon spoke about earlier, ticked all of these boxes. Yeah. Simon, is that something you're seeing more of as well then, like we said, on the back of the pandemic, that more people are needing to access that service or wanting to? Unfortunately, yes. Um, yeah, that is correct. It's, it's, it's certainly made more people aware of the problems that have existed for quite a while, um, but it has exacerbated those problems as well. Um, I think this is the thing, these, these problems have existed for a while, the waiting list has existed for a while. Um, I can talk from experience personally, I'm not clinically trained, but I've been through my own experience of depression um, quite severely about 12 years ago. And I'm a classic case of someone who didn't seek help until right at the last minute, um, when it probably got too late. Um, and this is what we're trying to stop, is how can we give people the powers to, well, give people the tools to empower themselves to seek help early and recognize how they can help themselves as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's something that we are commonly seeing, yeah. Um, 
it's great that we're able to help, but I think there's still a lot more work that needs to be done. Um, but it's, it's credit to people like Royal London who are doing this and making these services available to so many more people because without it, people wouldn't have access to these services. Um, and that's where we're not able to then help people. Is that part of the thing that sometimes it's difficult for people to individually recognise that they might be suffering? We, we sort of have a tendency to either sort of think, oh, maybe I don't have it as bad as somebody else, or I don't know, or, you know, haven't gone to a doctor, so I haven't been diagnosed as this or whatever it may be. That's it. I, I believe so. I, I mean, I, I cannot speak for everyone, but I think um, if we look at physical health, if we have a problem with our knee, we're all very open with each other. You know, I've hurt my knee, I can't come out today, whatever it might be. Mental health becomes a lot more complex. Um, there's also the stigma attached to it. And it's very hard for people to, first of all, admit when they may be feeling a certain way. Sometimes um, it shouldn't be. And we'd love to help change that. That's part of the work we're doing. But for some people, it can be hard to, to talk about it. But when they do, you know, it's a case of, well, what can I do about it? What are the triggers? Where do I go? How do I get help? What does that help look like? It's all these unknowns that people have that we're trying to, to make a lot simpler. Yeah, I think sometimes as well, because people around you, it's not something you can see. Like, say, if you hurt your knee, potentially there's a physical thing that someone can see and they can talk about. Years ago, I remember my dad saying to me that he suffered really quite badly with depression when he was younger. And his his dad had said something along the lines of just have a wash and a shave and sort yourself out and you'll be fine. You know, and it, it's that thing of people not quite grasping it, which thankfully we, we've moved on a lot from there now. And there is that support available and people are hopefully getting more willing to have those conversations conversations but it, it can still be um quite difficult for people um so so christina sort of um obviously sometimes this can impact physical health as well i guess if we're sort of you know suppressing some of those things with with mental health and has there been a bit of an issue with people being concerned to go for some of these protection products in the past because they don't know how they're going to be assessed or, or viewed if they do admit to having a mental health problem um, so I think in terms of um, people going for protection, I think I think you're right. I think a lot of people have um, the preconception that if they've had some sort of mental health condition, that they won't get covered. Um, and that, that's definitely something that the industry as a whole needs to address and are addressing. And Royal London actually took steps to address that um, a few years back by having a look at what could we do for, um, to, to be able to provide cover for customers who had a history of severe mental health um, conditions. And we've taken a lot of strides in that direction. We've worked with um, protection specialists, advice companies who specialize in that area uh, to work out how can we get people protection who have had this type of history. And 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 this um, ad adding these services onto Help in Hand was a kind of an evolution from that. So if we can get these people protection, that's that's a step in the right direction. But what can we do to help reduce the impact or the chances of them having another episode? Um, so it, it was all about get them cover, but also get them help and support to prevent this um, situation sort of happening again. Um, it, it was also um, we, we went down this route as well because it was also in response to we off, have offered that help in hand to stay uh, to recover for for quite a while. But that that service is amazing. But it involves talking to somebody It involves actually picking up the phone and having a conversation with a nurse um, who's who's more than qualified to to talk to you about that kind of thing. But what we discovered through kind of looking at our data and things is not everybody wants to talk. Not, not everybody's in that space where they feel that 
that's appropriate for them. And especially that applies to the sort of younger generation. They're they're not really ones that want to talk about that kind of thing. They'd rather have an app or some sort of technology that they can interact with that, that's got some artificial intelligence that sits behind it, that adjusts and, you know, changes the questions, changes the solution um, as, as you go through. So what we wanted to do was try and provide support which would be relevant for people, no matter how they wanted to access that support. And that's, again, where Thrive provided that digital support, as well as we have uh, Red Arc, our partners who provide more kind of like long-going um, empathy and care. And, and that's really for customers probably who are more in the um, long-term chronic condition space or, or who are carers. Um, and they, they do need somebody to talk to. So we offer we offer both now, whereas we only offered the one in the past. And we thought it was it was really important that we gave customers who just wanted to do something maybe less obvious or that they can access at any point in the day. And that's where the technology, the digital support really comes in and plays a part. Yeah. Uh, and technology is obviously advancing more than we can usually ever imagine or sort of envisage what's going to happen down the line. Um, and, and so where we all sort of have a little computer in our pocket with our phones and things like that. Simon, could you tell us a little bit more about the technology and how people access that or maybe some of the, the questions or things that you're trying to find out from people so they can carry on in the process? course yeah it's um it's an interesting point uh, one thing i can touch on briefly we often get asked the question you know we're trying to get people away from their phones and into real life and the outdoors and absolutely that's our view as well but i think first of all we, we, we're trying to make sure there's accessible tools for people and if we can divert someone away from their facebook feed or their instagram feed on something that will be helpful and encourage them to learn skills where they don't need our app that's the best scenario. So we're coming at it from that angle. But no, so far as the technology, there are thousands of mental health apps now, if you if you Google them, um, became very popular and, and there's lots of investment in them and things like that. But we see ourselves as a, as a healthcare company who deliver our service via technology. We're not a tech company. Um, and I think that's the difference between us and many others. Now, because of that, everything that's in our app has at least 20 years of evidence behind it to show it's an effective technique. And we also only use clinical scales in our app. Um, there's one called the, the PHQ-9 and the GAD-7, which if any one of us went to our local GP, it's the exact same um, screening tool you'll be given if you say you feel a bit stressed or anxious. So by having that in our app, when we detect low mood at a user at two o'clock in the morning, we can ask them those questions that the GP would ask and see if we can pass that user through to a service that's more relevant. So it could be that a user is, you know, at two o'clock in the morning, really struggling and actually based on the screening tools that the NHS use, we can signpost them through to the Red Arc service that Christina mentioned. And that's the whole point. I think navigating the healthcare ecosystem is so complex, even when you, you know, even as a person that doesn't really need to access any service, but if you're experiencing a mental health concern, trying to navigate where to go is, is very difficult. And if we can facilitate that through technology to make it very easy for anyone who accesses it, that's the goal. The accessibility piece is, is huge. And I think that's something that was was very clear with Royal London was all around the, the impact they were trying to have here. It's not about putting just a few services together for people. It's about how they can all link together, work together and actually show an impact for the end user of the service. Um, it's really interesting for us to look to move from reactivity from what I've known as with insurers to, to such proactivity in trying to help people. Um, yeah, I don't know if that answered it, but I've sort yeah. of went tangent there. No, definitely. Thank you. Um, interesting that you sort of touched on social media. You know, it can be 
very beneficial for people and they can access certain things there but also it can be quite damaging where you're either comparing yourself to someone or you're seeing things and it you know you can get us thinking a little bit more about that uh, but I think that accessibility message is obviously very important as well mental health isn't a, a nine to five thing where you can just sort of phone in those working hours or whatever it may be you may need that help or support or or know roughly where to go at two three in the morning whatever it is those things that could be keeping you up at night um christina could you tell us a little bit more about how advisors can obviously help with this they they will also probably say we're not mental health experts we don't really know um how, how does it work in terms of people getting the policy and uh, advisors sort of encouraging clients to use it um yeah um so we've had a lot of really good positive feedback from um our sales team already in terms of how this is landing with um, advisors in the in the market and they are using it very much to help customers to see the benefit of of having protection now if you think about protection protection is is about financial resilience it's about having um a buffer in place if something should go wrong if you need to be off sick for a long time which is I mean, most people at some point might be off sick for a few weeks. Um, and if you don't have a, a good sort of sick pay with your um, employer, then you can get into quite difficulties quite quickly. So that that's the type of thing. At the end of the day, protection is there to provide a financial buffer. But um, a lot of people won't need that buffer for a very long time. But they're paying that premium every single month and kind of thinking, well, what is it I'm getting out of this? Why am I paying this? Up? My gas bills are going up, this, that, the next thing. Um, but at the end of the day, we wanted to make protection feel about more than just that financial buffer. We wanted to give people access to early care and preventative and healthcare advice and support that meant that they would see value in their protection plan from day one because they could get access to this health assessment, which helps them to understand actually is my mental, you know, it, it is my mental health that I'm suffering with a bit here. It's asked me questions about my mood, about my how my enjoyment in life and about my sleep. And it's brought to the fore that that is something that I could do with a bit of help with. Oh, yeah. And here's a really credible support because there's thousands, as, as uh, Simon said, out there. there there's a, a, an app that can actually help me and, and actually, oh, maybe I could speak to a GP because I've actually got a sore back as well. So it's, it's about that whole navigation and getting access to support. Um, early that you can't otherwise get because NHS GPs are, are absolutely inundated at the moment and it's very difficult sometimes to get an appointment to talk about something that you need help with a, diag a diagnosis. We're offering support and help where you can speak to a GP because you've got a bit of depression, you've got a, a bad back here, you're overweight and you don't know where to start um, and you need some help um, to speak to a, a, a GP about something that's not actually gone wrong as such, but you're trying to prevent getting any worse. Um, and that's what protection does. It tries to prevent these that ill health happening, but it's also there with the financial buffer if something does go wrong. And, and, and advisors are positioning this with customers um, as that is, is like here, you've got all this access to these really good, credible early care and healthcare benefits. And you've also got your financial plan B should something go wrong and that's what you're paying for every month and they're speaking to them about it sort of early on in the sales process because there is a number of providers in addition to ourselves who offer this type of thing but that mm -hmm. then gives them an opportunity to discuss which one of us out of the pack provides you with the support that 
that's most relevant to you and, and your circumstances, because we all do something a little bit different. Um, but that's that's where advisors are, are, are finding that it's really benefiting and getting customers much more interested in protection because the statistics show that there are still, protection is mainly sold as part of a mortgage sale because you understand you've got this big debt and um, if something happens, that's going to be a bit of a nightmare. But there's still many, many more mortgages sold than there are protection plans. So there's still this huge gap between the people who really need cover and those that are actually buying it. Um, and, and, and it's services like this that advisors are hoping will whet their appetite a little more and let see them that actually it's not just about that bad thing happening. I've got all this good support that I can use from tomorrow, that type yeah. of thing. I think generally as well, even advisors that are more into the sort of lifestyle planning, you know, it's all goals based and what you want to achieve in life. It could all come crashing down if you don't have those protection pieces in place. You know, none of us, like you say, really want to think about the worst case happening or things like that. So these preventative measures are obviously brilliant. But should the worst happen, should those things that we've been hoping don't happen, um, those plans are in place and they've got those products that can help them in that moment of need or whatever it may be. Is this available on new products, uh, new policies, Christina, or available to existing ones as well? Or what's the, the deal there? So if they say we've got we've got two elements to help in hand at the moment, we've got the help in hand to recover and that's available to everybody. So if, if anything really bad does happen, that service is still there and there's no change to that. So that's Red Art getting involved. What we've done is we offer in all these new services to customers whose plans have started after the 1st of January. Now, we're, we are working our way really hard to extend that and offer that to all of our existing customers as well. But we're building, and in order to do that, we're building a customer portal where we can give access to, to these benefits. Um, and we're hoping to do that this year. So at the moment, it's new customers who've bought the protection through an intermediary, through an advisor. And um, we are working really hard at being able to extend that and offer that helping hand to stay healthy to all of our existing customers. But at the moment, they do still have access to the helping hand to recover should they need it. Brilliant, thank you. Uh, Simon, before we finish up, is there anything else from you that maybe you haven't had a chance to say earlier in the conversation that you'd like to add now? No, I don't think so. Other than um, just the, the data that we've seen already coming out of the service from those who have used it is is very strong. Um, I think that was was part of the reasons to say that, that why we're so proud to work with Royal London is because there was not that I want to speak badly of anyone else, but with, whenever the, we've spoke to Christina over the past sort of four, three years or so, Christina, it's it's always been about yeah. the impact on the individual that we can have. How can we help the individual in the most effective way? Um, which is great, and and that's why we're we're so proud to be working with them. So no, I hope this year and, and many future years brings some very good outcomes and and some research data that we can work on to show these outcomes to the public as well um, through an insurer like Roland. And so yeah, watch this space. Yeah, thank you. And, and Christina, any final words from you? Um, really just echo what Simon said there. For us, um, we and we've mentioned on other podcasts as well, for, for me, a lot of this is about the data. It doesn't always feel right to ask a customer to do a case study and tell us how great this service is. Um, and uh, what we want to do is work with providers like Thrive and, and our other partners who are willing um, to share some data with us so that they can actually prove that the services are making a difference. And we 
we, you know, it's great to get people's testimonies, but at the end of the day, the data should be what speaks for itself. And if we can see customers coming in and having quite, you know, moderate or, or severe depression or anxiety, and they use the app, and then over time, we can see those those levels of anxiety or, or stress or depression start to reduce that's exactly what we're after. And the data will tell us that story. And that's what we'll be able to share back with all the protection advisors who can then say to customers, we've got customers who've used this and we know it works. And here's the data to back it up. And that's the position that we want to get ourselves into over time. Yeah, thank you. And obviously, Christina, if those stats do come out, I'd, I'd love to hear them as well as uh, money work. Absolutely. <laughs> You'll be top of my list, Katie. Thank you. You know, don't ask, don't get type of thing. That's always my <laughs> But I'd, I'd like to thank you both for joining us today. I really appreciate it. It's, it's been really interesting for me in this episode and the previous ones as well of hearing about these services and how they all connect with each other. Because like you said, there could be things out there. And also sometimes there's so many things out there that it can be a bit overwhelming in itself. So how these all relate. And if, if someone has got more than one problem, they've got a few different directions to go in. So, so thank you both very much. Really appreciate it. And hopefully the advisors uh, listening as well can signpost clients and get more people signed up too. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, thank you, Simon. Thank you all. If you're looking for more information on Thrive and the other wellbeing services available from Royal London, go to advisor.royallondon.com forward slash helping hand.